Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I am absolutely overjoyed at being able to be here with you this second Sunday in this new year, 2023. If you're like me, uh, you're just overwhelmed by the fact that it's already 2023, and uh, my hope is that uh, you are doing well as we have entered into this new year. Hey, if you're new here, whether you're joining us online for the very first time or in person, I just want to say you're welcome here. We're excited that you are here with us, that you have chosen to spend a bit of your time in worship and celebration of a God who desires to be in relationship with us, a God who pursues us and gives us the gift of Jesus at Christmas and, and lives out his life so that we can have a relationship with him. And so I, I just want to invite you on a journey, on a journey with us, because we recognize we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus, and we want to be more like him. So together, we can grow in relationship with God. We can grow in relationship with one another so that we can go into the world and make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the whole reason that we have started this brand new worship series in 2023. We started it last weekend, and it's called Wholehearted, the idea of living wholeheartedly for God. And we, we couched it around the idea of everybody setting up resolutions and, and new ways that they're going to live out a more healthy or better or some change in their lives. And we said, what if that change, what if that change was being wholehearted for God? What if that change was being wholehearted for God? And we started by saying, hey, true change begins and ends in the heart. That, that when you are wholehearted, that's when you can truly change, not just uh, the, the couple of months for a, a little bit of change, but serious change comes from being wholehearted. And, and we're talking about a, a new year and new resolutions maybe for you, but uh, what about a new purpose? What about a new purpose, the purpose of being wholehearted? Um, and the question can come, how do we live wholeheartedly into Christ's purpose for our lives? What, what does that even look like? I mean, maybe we hear other people talking about finding purpose, but what does it look like for us? What does it look like for you or for me? Really, I'm asking, what's the purpose of purpose? Is there a purpose to purpose? And your life's purpose consists of the central motivating aims of your life. The central motivating aims of your life. The reason you get up in the morning. Uh, purpose will guide life decisions, influence behavior, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. Purpose gives direction to our wholeheartedness. If we're going to wholeheartedly follow God, love God with our, 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 our entire being, and love our neighbor as ourself, then that takes understanding God's purpose, because God's purpose gives us the direction. We don't just sit around at home and we're like, oh, we just love God. Uh, God, God says, hey, I've got a purpose, a plan for you, and I want you to take part in it. Uh, but if you're like me, we can struggle with that Finding that purpose, maybe it's because when we find that purpose, it's not what I want. I don't think that's what I want to do, Lord. Or, or it's not what I imagined it would be. Like I've imagined myself in so many greater situations. Or it's not what I thought 
would happen in my life. Um, and so obviously this isn't the purpose that I want for my life. And so we bump along through life, never finding our true purpose in God. Never understanding that God has a purpose for us and, and never asking what that purpose is. So how can we find our purpose? What does it look like? Uh, if you're like me, every time a pastor talks about purpose, we tend to use uh, one passage, one piece of scripture, and that comes from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And you may be like me being like, yay, that's great, but I don't know what those plans are. What are those plans and how can I be a part of them? If you hold them to yourselves, if you keep those plans to yourself, God, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they are. And, and I don't know if I'm doing them or if I'm not doing them. So what, what does that look like? And, and so I want us to start, to start with understanding. Understanding uh, so many things about God, our relationship with God so that we can start to understand our purpose. Uh, and the good news is your purpose and my purpose, not the same purpose. God has a purpose, a plan for each of us. And so how do we tap into that? What does that look like? And the first thing we need to do is we need to understand who, you need to understand who you are, that you are precious. That's who you are. You are precious to God. That was the whole story of Christmas. Uh, the whole idea of Christmas that God came after you, that God chose to become human so that he could relate to you on a brand new level, so that he could pursue you because he loves you. Uh, this, this weekend, we're celebrating the story of Epiphany, of, of a group of folks that, so Epiphany is just uh, the church word for the wise men, that the wise men had an epiphany where God showed them something special uh, about their lives and about their purpose, and, and they chose to follow that. And, and, and I, I've just always thought, man, wouldn't it be awesome, wouldn't it be awesome to know our purpose in such a strong way that you would leave your country behind so that you could go and honor the Christ child. That's the story of the wise men. They, they were, were in a different country and left their country behind so that they could come and honor Jesus uh, as, a, as a child. And what if our purpose was that clear to us? What if we understood our purpose as clearly as that? And, and it starts with, again, who we are. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Who you are is precious. Precious beyond mere measure, loved by God and, and called by name. The second thing we need to understand is who, whose you are. That you are beloved of God because God has purchased you at a price. 
Um, when we understand who we are, that we're loved by God, we also understand that God had to do something so that we could have that relationship. Christ bought you with his life, death, and resurrection, and now he is yours and you are his. Um, it's a gift that we receive in Christ. And so when we understand that we're beloved of God, not just, not just precious, but beloved, uh, we can see what Paul means when he said this to the church in Rome. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For, God, for those God foreknew, he also predestined and conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he glorified. I, I don't know if you catch that, but that's all past tense. That God has already done that. That God has already done that. And it's happened because God loves you and God has made this offer for you. And so God comes into the world uh, because you are precious to him. But God makes a change in the world in, in how we relate to him because we're beloved of him. And now we have been purchased and, and redeemed in his sight. And that's the third thing is we need to understand what you are is you are restored, restored into a right relationship with God. Uh, God's love has made a way that God came into the world, not just so that he could stay an infant, but so that he could live that life and, and, and make a way for us to have new life in him. New life in him. Our purpose can be found in who we are, whose we are, and why we are. Paul continues in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? If, God, if it is God who justifies, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. <laughs> when we understand those things, who we are, whose we are, and why we are, or what we are, then, then we start to, start to see that there is a purpose for us, that, that God, God calls us into relationships so that we can be a part of something. We need to understand why you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You have been called into community so that you can be the people that God wants you to be. You have been called into community so that you can be a part of God's church, God's kingdom-building activity here on earth so that we can live for God in everything we do, wholeheartedly living on behalf of God. This is, this is the point of Christ coming into the world, 
so that we can live for God, so that in our purpose we serve God with everything we are. Paul continues and says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Your purpose is to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your purpose is to be a living sacrifice, pleasing to God. But what, what does that truly entail? What does it mean to be a living sacrifice? It means that I, I will live, I will live for God. Everything I do will be based out of the motive of my love of God. My purpose is to serve God. Your purpose is to serve God. God. And, and if, we, if we want to be wholehearted, friends, you have to be wholehearted. This is the hard part, right? If you want to be wholehearted, you have to be wholehearted. You have to be serious about it. You don't just sit around at home and be like, I love God. I really love God. God is so wonderful. God is so great. And do nothing. God is calling us to action. God is calling us to intentionality. God is calling us to live as His body, the body of Christ, so that we can love people the way that they are, so that we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, not just, I want to be, uh, be wholehearted, but instead I will be wholehearted, that I will, I will surrender my heart to God and, and the problem with that is that we guard our heart with everything we have. It is, it is the place where we can be the most hurt. And so in order, to, in order to be wholehearted, we have to be intentional about what God is going to do in our lives. And so to find your purpose, we have a few things that we need to do. To find your purpose and I say that you, but I'm including me in that because it's the, the group you. Uh, together, we have to find our purpose first. We have to love God and neighbor. That's number one. Second, we have to seek and serve God because God has called us into a relationship. So we seek God and we serve God. And third, we have to surrender ourselves, our selfish motivations, our own desires, our own brokenness. We surrender at the altar of Jesus Christ so that we can live instead of for ourselves, we can live for God. And then we submit to the Lordship of Christ. Because if, if we're still in charge, then we're not fulfilling our purpose. And finally, and maybe the roughest of all of this, is we have to start doing what God calls you to do. Start doing what God calls you to do. To find God's plan, to find God's plan, you 
You have to ask. You have to ask. We can model Jesus in this. We can, we can start by prayer and, and, and say, God, what is it you want me to do? I, I want so badly to serve you. I, I want to be wholehearted in my relationship with you. I want to, to follow you faithfully. What do you want from me? And then instead of ending the conversation there, listen. Listen to what God's response is. Listen to how he responds. Maybe it's the breaking of your heart when you see someone. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a, a, a compassionate moment in your life where you want to act unselfishly towards someone else. Maybe it's something else entirely, but it's, it's God's spirit, God's presence saying, hey, I want you to make a difference in this moment. And then we have to act in that moment. We have to act in that moment so that we do make a difference for God. If you want to find God's plan, you have to ask, and you have to listen, and you have to act. We, we love God. That's great. But then we have to seek God. And then, then we have to obey God. And that can be the hardest part. I, I remember... Um, one of the, the best examples of this, and I have so many examples where I, I wasn't conforming to where God wanted me to go. I wasn't fulfilling my purpose, uh, but this one is just the one that stands out every time I talk about this. It's, it's my journey into pastoral ministry or the journey of me becoming a pastor. You see, I, I felt called early in my relationship with God. I became Christian at about 25 um, and felt the call to pastoral ministry early in my life. And, and, and I struggled with it because I didn't have an undergrad. I, I, I hadn't graduated from college. I'd gone to some college but didn't graduate. And I knew that you had to have a master's degree to be a pastor. And I was just like, obviously, God doesn't want that because I'm just not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. I am not whatever excuse I wanted to fill in, I put in there. And so I told God, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I, I, I'll do it in a, in a different way. And, and my buddy was a pastor, and I had talked to him about it. And he said, if you can do anything else, do it. Um, but if you can't, be a pastor. And so I, I, I took that as, as encouragement. And what he was saying was, if God is truly calling to the, you to this, this is where you're going to end up anyway. And so I, I, I took encouragement from that instead of hearing it the right way. And, and I said, well, I'm not going to be then. I'm not going to be. I, I'm going to do other things. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to make this ache in my heart to go away. And so I threw myself into church work. I was on the evangelism committee. I was on the leadership committee. I was on the in the choir. I led the praise band. I, I led uh, the finance committee. I was on every committee you can imagine because I wanted to fulfill what God was calling me to. I, I, I was in children's ministry. I was in youth ministry. I was in adult ministry. I taught Bible classes. I did everything I could to get God to let go. <laughs> to get God to let go. And I found 
instead of letting go that everything that I was learning were things that I would need if I would just let go myself. And so finally I said, God, if you're really serious about it, I was very indignant, uh, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. I, it's going to take forever. I'm going to be old by the time I'm a pastor. And I was right. Uh, but he didn't ever give up his call on my life. And, and so when I finally surrendered to what he was calling me to, everything changed. Everything changed. I equate it to this. I felt like I was swimming upstream that whole time. Like there was a, a weight on me pulling me the opposite direction. I was swimming against the current, trying vehemently to get to that next spot instead of letting go and going where God wanted me to go. Now, when I, when I said, fine, I'll do it, everything changed for me. I started moving in a direction that, that God wanted me to go. And, and it it felt like it was so much easier. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't hit snags along the way. That doesn't mean that everything was sunshine and roses as soon as I started following God. What it meant was that I was going to be able to pursue God with everything that I had, and it was going to be different for me. And so my, my, my journey became different because I released who I was so that I could follow who God was. And, and so uh, I... I know that your journey is not going to be the same as that because you're called to a different purpose than I am. But my guess is that along the way, maybe you've started trying to forge your own path instead of listening to what God has been calling you to. Instead of listening to what God has been calling you to. That you're trying to forge your own purpose instead of saying, God, what is my purpose in you? That we can seek God with everything we are. We can surrender ourselves before Him. We can submit our lives to Him, and we can start doing what God has called us to. And that all starts with asking, with asking, God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to do it. God, how can I live my life wholeheartedly for you? And listen to what God has to say, because God will respond and then obey where God is calling you to. If you want to be wholehearted, let's find that purpose together on the journey that God has called us into so that we can be God's people so that we can live for the building of God's kingdom, not our own, and so that we can be wholehearted in our faithful devotion to God. What would your life look like if you were wholehearted? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ, for the hope that you offer to us, for the promise of purpose that you reveal to us. Father, help us. Help us to hear your call on our lives. Help us to obey your call on our lives. Help us to make a difference for the building of God's kingdom. We pray this now and forever in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.